Welcome to the English Styles Podcast with Stas and Miles. This is the Styles Podcast, episode two, uh, coming in hot here with uh, my buddy Stoss. Hello, guys. I'm here. <laughs> hey. So, uh, this week, um, I had kind of an interesting weekend, so I was going to talk about that, and I was going to let Stoss talk about his weekend as well, and then we are going to go into some questions, so let's get started on that. Uh, so this weekend, I went to the coast. Um, I have an interest in finding little crystals along the beach uh, in areas where little stones generally come up and they become part of the sand. But before rocks become sand, like at the end of a river, uh, they become little stones. And sometimes those stones have what are called semi-precious stones in them. Specifically in my area, we have lots of agate and jasper. And so I like to collect those. And I went two days this weekend because it was a special weekend. But basically, it's called a neap tide. And there were three neap tides this weekend. And I went to two of them by driving from my town to where we can get these stones. So that's what I did this weekend. I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah, that was pretty fun. I saw your photos. That was cool, really. Thanks. Yeah, and I went with some friends the second day as well. Because after the first day, I told my friend who likes it's actually called rock hounding rock hounding so it's like a hound is like a dog that smells for things like you use them for hunting Mm -hmm. yeah and you know so you understand the analogy there yeah how many Uh, stones did you collect by the way uh i think probably each day i had around 40 or 50 interesting ones wow that's cool yeah and there are a lot of what what are called ocean jasper regular jasper and agates and then some just i like cool stones too that have cool patterns even if they're just you know some regular stone that's not semi-precious mm-hmm. yeah my week was too cool i mean i was i was uh laying in the bed just uh, got some got some message from my friends and uh was invited to play football um in my neighborhood so i accepted nice. it and yeah, I played, but I accidentally got injured. Um, I bumped my oh, knees. Yeah, that's mm. that's not good, but I can deal with it. It's now I'm recovering now. It's okay. So yeah, that's that's was, yeah, that I, was my week. <laughs> week. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Well, we both got some good exercise. It sounds like. Yeah, actually. So I was going to mention that um, doing what I'm trying to do is really strenuous on my body after a while because I'm like walking through rivers and walking in the currents like of the ocean as the tides and the waves come in uh and then like trying to like run in and grab rocks before the water washes them away sometimes so uh usually so you go in when the tide's super super low and you can even walk in this river and just look at the river rocks right before they go into the ocean 
that's kind of interesting. But then as I noticed as the tide comes in, if you walk along the ocean, you can see the, the rocks, ex like the rocks get exposed in the sand as the tide starts to come in. So as the waves kind of get closer and closer to the beach, uh, more of the uh, stuff starts to show. So you have to like time it all just right. And then in addition to that, the sun has to be hitting it just right. So you see these crystals as well, because they shine mm -hmm. a little bit. So it is very complicated, and also I was going to say, by the end of two days of this, like today, I'm just very achy from all the stretching I was doing to you know, just like find these things and collect them, and running around, and climbing on stand, and climbing in water. Yeah, can you, by the way, say that uh, this um, finding some stones can replace work out of the gym? Because as, as we know, uh, there were lots of waves, and uh, like... It's really tough to to stand out. I mean, not to stand mm -hmm. out, but uh, how do stand you how do say stand up? Keep, yeah, keep your balance. I would say. Yeah, keep your balance. It's it's really difficult to keep your balance. And uh, mm -hmm. can you can you really say that it can replace workout at the gym? Well, it would be like a gym exercise where your pockets were full of rocks and you were like climbing around on like a stairmaster. So I would say it's sort of like a stairmaster if you had a pocket full of rocks. <laughs> That's pretty much what, what does it's it, like. What what does stairmaster mean? Stairmaster is like the walking upstairs exercise. Are you familiar oh, with see. that machine? Yeah. Like like you just go rant, 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 and like makes a noise and your like feet kind of like you have to like climb like you're just like you're walking upstairs but you know in mm -hmm. a gym building basically. Yeah. Yeah. I remember doing that one and and I think it this works out similar muscles but then you're also bending over a lot so I'm I'm kind of a tall guy and uh you know bending over all the way is exhausting after doing it a hundred times also. <laughs> so. Yeah. So what do you think about getting down to some questions? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, thank you guys so much for your questions. I really, when I was reading over, you know, both today and the last time we did the podcast, when I was reading over the questions, it just kind of reminded me that, like, I have interesting people who have interesting things to say, and I just really appreciate you guys helping out with this idea because, you know, it's kind of a collaborative thing, and, you know, it, it really helps that, these are so interesting and I think they're going to make for a great podcast. And really, if you guys have lots of random ideas, please share them with me. I can't promise that I'm going to do everything anyone suggests, but it's really cool. And I really think it makes for a more interesting and interactive experience for the audience. So uh, keep it up. Thank you so much, everybody that uh, decided to participate. Um, but yeah, so uh, do you want to read the first question on the list here? Yeah, so the question is from Dmitry, and the question is, uh, tell me please, how small farms, for example, a family private dairy farm where cheeses are produced or private apiary, private meat farm factory um, live in the USA and in Ukraine? And does the state support such farmers? and uh, it is possible for them to develop in the future what do you think yeah i wanted hey sorry to cut you off so i was just gonna yeah. say real quick farmers is how we say that word farmers farmers and dairy farm dairy farm perfect uh, can we can we anyway. cut it <laughs> can we cut it <laughs> 
you don't you don't want me to correct you on on the podcast that's fine no i mean no 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 no. i don't i don't mean this i mean uh can you can you explain the difference between uh diary and the dairy hold on uh yeah i definitely because i guess i guess i said diary instead of dairy Right, exactly. Well, they're very similar words. Um, dairy. Yeah, is that, that's like, why. That's uh, why I wanted you to cut it because I wanted to explain. <laughs> well, I think just because this is a language podcast, we should keep it in and just talk about it. How does that sound? Oh, okay. You got me. <laughs> uh, so dairy is cows, like in sheep, and you know, and they milk make milk and cheese, and a diary. Uh, which has the I first and the A second, D-I-A-R-Y, is like a place where you, it's like a journal for your personal endeavors. Oh, yeah, I got a point. Yeah, yeah. I remember it. So, yeah, that's, that, was, that was bad enough to confuse these But two that's words. exactly why we're here. You know, this is an English language podcast. I feel like, Stas, you're kind of my second in command here as far as, like, if words are difficult, you know, you're going to have more trouble with them than I am. So I think everyone will find it useful. So that's why I'm saying let's just let's just work through the let, let's just keep uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. From this moment um, I, I don't want to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> I talked you out of it. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, so let's answer the question though. So this is kind of a tough one. Uh Dimitri, I gotta tell you, I uh grew up on a farm, but it was when I was like eight. <laughs> so my parents were largely involved for any of the business side of things. And I was, I mean, the m- closest I got to starting a business was my mom was like, hey, you and your friend David, a, a kid I grew up with, uh, should do like a, like a summer farm with me and try to sell your vegetables on the side of the road, which I mean, a lot of people do this. It's a real thing. It's not like a big deal. But, uh, I was a little, what was I like nine, maybe I was 10, 10 or 11. So I was, I was young, but like old enough to like help my mom out. So, you know, I admit, like, I think at the time I, my mom probably, even with us helping probably did 50% of it. So when I say my friend and I did this, it was like my friend and I at 11 were largely coordinated by my mom to grow a bunch of produce. And so I did a little bit, (laughs) I did a little bit of business and I can tell you it's difficult, uh, in the United States to just be a small farmer. So, you know, I think the answer is people do it. I think that, um, you know, your question was like kind of about subsidies and I would say there are definitely industries in the United States where you get some, some farm subsidies. For example, the beef industry, cattle industry is very subsidized. Uh, I think there are some controls in place, like if you uh, are a farmer and you accidentally, or not accidentally, but have some trouble with your crops, I think there's some help and stuff like that. So I do think, excuse me, I do think the government uh, does help out with people, but I'm not sure about the specifics on that. I just know, uh, you know, if you're a farmer, you can apply for some stuff from the government that will help you perhaps if there's like a bad year you can sometimes you know claim that you lost a crop or something like that i've only heard a little bit about this long story short 
I can't quite answer your question other than to say people definitely do it. And we have in Oregon farms that are small. We have some people that do what's called homesteading, where it's mostly for their own use. That word is homesteading. Uh, and so those type of people are more like what my family was, where you know we produce enough that we can share, but maybe not enough to sell, with the exception of my mom and my dad and me all tried to have little like businesses that were not particularly successful. Uh, in my case, it was the produce during the summer. In my mom's case, it was she tried to, you know, make some hair dye at one point with marigolds. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, people liked it, but, you know, it's just it's a lot of work to maintain a business. And, you know, it's so many different skills. Uh, so I, I, it's a really complicated thing, and I hope I answered your question in the United States pretty well. Stas, do you have any anything you want to say about farming in Ukraine? I know it's not um, like your specialty. By the way, I've never been I've never been leaving, and I never lived in the village or some countryside. But as I know, my grandparents they they used, especially my grandfather, the, um, he he had an apiary, right? The word apiary. Oh. I think it's, I'm not sure how to say it, but let's just assume it's apiary because it's not a super common word in English. So I'm just going to use that. Yeah, so he had an apiary and he made some honey. So I don't know else what to add about this, but um, the main idea of the farming in the Ukraine, I think, is kind of cool. Many people do this and uh, it's a great, that's a great business. I mean... It's not. It's not about the question, um, and I, I. I don't. I don't really answer the question of uh, Dmitri. Uh, but I. I don't know much about farming, so. Um, it's fine. I want to say that. Yeah, that's that's just what I say. <laughs> Dmitri, I really appreciate the question, and I wish we could answer it more articulately. But I think both of us, like me, when I was very young, I had a farm, so I wasn't involved in that side of things, and. You know, it might be something I do again in my life, but uh, yeah, for now, I don't know much about the business side of it either. But I really appreciate your question, and uh, it's it's a cool thing to think about for sure. By the so, way, Miles, uh, Miles, do you do you really want to to move, for example, to a countryside if you had the uh, if you had the opportunity? So to be honest with you, I grew up in the country, and uh, I learned that. The utilities out in the country are sometimes not quite as good. Uh, so when I moved out and moved to my city where I got a job, uh, I did try to intentionally live in town um, because I wanted to have good internet. And it's just it's it's actually funny because I do for a living. I provide internet to rural locations mm -hmm. like people that live like where I lived. In fact, the company ended up uh, owning some equipment that is exactly where I grew up. Uh, just randomly, even though I'm wow. I live in a little part of the different part of the country, uh, so yeah, I mean, I would say the answer is it is an interest I have. Uh, sometimes I watch like homesteading videos on YouTube, for example, and it gives me some nostalgia. But in general, I I'm also kind of interested in living in a town. So I'm not sure. I might end up doing some kind of farming, gardening stuff later in life, and I do kind of remember some of the stuff especially fondly but uh yeah i don't have any specific plans for that yeah i see you see the point mm -hmm. how about you have you ever thought of yourself as moving out into the country no never 
I said that my grandparents used to live there, but I don't really like um, living in countryside. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I'm sort of a country-raised person. Well, I was going to say, I'm sort of a country-raised person that does... I live in a very small town, though, so it's almost like living in the country just with some services. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I... It's something I like, but it's it's so much work. To be real honest with you, like a farm is just constant labor and it's, you know, really interesting to live with animals and as I said, I remember it fondly, but I know how much work it is too. So, that's But it provides uh, you with good products and that's the reason Well, my why you mom, do for it. example, yeah, my mom, you know, manages her garden and and even my sister, they produce a lot just in their city houses so i mean i think everybody if they want to have a yard they can cultivate it and they can do the homesteading thing uh and then people you know of course with more land might try to turn it into a business and yeah anyway so let's uh let's move on here uh next question um hi great from jane hi great idea with this podcast uh my question is about music what is what does music mean for you? How often do you listen to music? And what genres do you prefer? How does music affect you? Great question. Uh, music's really important to me. I'll start out here, Stoss. Um, so I yeah, like on. so many styles of music. I, when, I, when I was a teenager, Music was my whole life. Uh, on one side, my dad had a recording studio, which I wasn't involved in at all directly, but, you know, I was around music, and for me, it was collecting CDs and listening to CDs uh, back when that was the way to listen to music. And, uh, yeah, so as a, as a teenager, I listened to a lot of music. Then when I got my job... I feel like I didn't listen to as many new uh, musicians. And then as I got older, in my 30s, I decided, what happened to enjoying music? And so I've actually tried really hard to find some new music to enjoy. And, and I kind of got back into finding new bands, and especially with like vinyl records, which I collect. Um, yeah, I, uh, I've, I've gotten back into it. And instead of CDs, now it's vinyl records, basically. But so that's my experience with music and then i would say as far as what i like i like a style called indie dance which is like independent artists so not huge record labels that make like kind of poppy dance music that's kind of interesting to me uh sometimes they become really popular though and then they're no longer indie so you know i mean i would say i like uh, hip-hop, I like electronic music, I like rock, I like a little bit of everything. In fact, uh, when I went on my trip this weekend, I went to a record store and I picked up some random old records that were like soundtracks to old movies, and uh, I listened to those yesterday when I got home. So, you know, I really just enjoy music and I don't have you know, while I do like specific genres and I could talk about music forever, I also like music in general and lots of different styles. Uh, how about you? Miles, actually, I was listening to your interesting story and come up with some question. Uh, so it's it, it concerned about music. So what was your first vinyl record that you got? 
So, you know, when I got into this, like I have, I'm kind of a compulsive person. And so when I got a record player, I knew that I needed more than one. <laughs> to, I mean, so maybe bought, a better question would you be, a lot? well, hang on. So I did buy quite a lot, but I was going to say your question though, made me think of when I was young and like my first CD uh, mm -hmm. that I was a, like a CD that my parents helped me, you know, they gave me some money and I buyed, bought for myself. I almost said bide, which uh, doesn't make me sound like a native, but bought for myself. And that was a band called Garbage and their album uh, version 2.0, uh, which is some like alternative rock music from the 90s that I was into because at that time I just started listening to like alternative rock radio. And that was a very important CD for me because it was like my first like alternative record, you know, whereas before I was listening to just pop music and, you know, it's like you're learning about, I don't know if you guys know about alternative rock in the 90s, but, you know, it was like uh, more modern, at the time modern and kind of exciting for like a young teenager to get into. So I remember that as being like my first kind of like, CD that was important to me and so that's why I wanted to answer that question because I bought a pile of records when I first got my record player and I don't even remember what the first ones were at this point <laughs> yeah that's funny that's funny but especially like uh, as about me I, I like music and I always listen to some um, European music some American music pop music and uh, by the way, when the war started here in Ukraine, um, I, the music, like Ukrainian music, became an integral part of my life. And uh, hmm. that's cool because as you raised here in Ukraine, I mean, and you, you were always being in such a, um, like in such a state, you know, I mean, you like to listen to your native music, I mean, Ukrainian, and it's inspire you, inspires you to, to, to keep going, to develop more, to support your country. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and you shared with me a song, too, and I didn't understand the lyrics, but I thought it was really cool. And yeah, no, it's definitely... And I was going to say, too, you know, music... as uh, like, protest is really important. And one of the things I like about music is you know i guess you're talking about you know music that's become patriotic but you know like music can have that power to you know motivate people and change people's minds about things indirectly uh and i think that's one of the things that's really powerful to me about music is just how it works as like a way to communicate um protest and communicate change in a society you know, for the worse or for the better or whatever. Like, I just think it's interesting how music uh, connects to all that and how, you know, different uh, situations can, you know, like you're saying, like drive you to listen to stuff that I think what you sent me, like it wasn't like official, like patriotic music, but it was music that people really felt that compels you to, you know, feel patriotic. So I think that's cool Yeah, it cool has too, some that, vibe there. Yeah. It has some vibe there yeah. to feel it. Yeah, even even though it's like just artists, you know, that I think are Ukrainian that are like trying to express how they feel and you feel it too. So, you know, not even just protest, but, you know, having 
you know, this, this feeling of community in a way, even though, you know, I think, I think that's really important. And I think music has a very powerful influence on society in that way. So yeah, no, about a, lyrics, cool the lyrics up. were really interesting. I mean, it inspires you a lot, but without some video adding, uh, when, when the women from, from Ukraine, they're like a soldiers and they protect their children. So it makes it, it makes it more, how do you say this word? It makes it more sophisticated no no that's not supposed to be here <laughs> but you know what i mean it makes it more yeah. inspi in inspire me, please <laughs> inspiring in inspiring yeah it's firing it's yeah it, it makes it more inspiring yeah so what the the question from jane and yeah, another question what's from your jane. favorite what's your favorite writer and book that changed you that's a good one do you want to start with this one yeah so I wouldn't say that I have um my favorite writer but I got quite a lot of books that I bought um in English to improve so my speaking and to increase can I say increase vocabulary Yeah Yeah to increase my vocabulary so I got two or three books in Russian and one in Ukrainian and I haven't read it till the end, but um, I started two books in American. I mean, in English. <laughs> in American, that sounds weird. <laughs> we make yeah, that mistake sometimes too, by the way, like calling it our language American. <laughs> so that's not super weird. So yeah, that's fine. So I started and I can't finish it. Maybe because I'm lazy, maybe because it's difficult. Or maybe I, I have no will to do this. But I tried a lot of books and all of them are interesting. I can name one of this. It's, it's called Shock. And it's written by um, Robin Cook. Did you hear? I mean, have you ever heard about him? Uh, from you sharing it with me, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's it. That's it. So, yeah, different kind of books. and. I can't, um, so, no, no, I mean, uh, there is no book that can stand out. I mean, that's, that's the average book, and that's funny. What about you? Do you like reading, and what is your favorite book? <laughs> oh, uh, so I think, real quick, so I was going to ask you, like, growing up, though, did you have a famous author? Like, maybe not something you read recently. No, no, I haven't. No, I, I don't have really, like, favorite author. Yeah, as somebody for myself, like I started reading like novels again kind of recently, but I did read novels growing up. And when I was like 13 or so, uh, I was introduced to the book Dune. Uh, it's a science fiction novel. You might know it as a movie that came out recently. And it's both my yeah. favorite series and, you know, one of my favorite franchises of all time. Uh, even when it stumbles, like I'm interested in these other, there's been some attempts to make a Dune movie throughout the years and it doesn't always work perfectly, uh, because it's such an ambitious book. And I think trying to visualize what happens in it has been really difficult, uh, to turn into like a theatrical movie that appeals to a large audience. Uh, but I've always loved that about Dune. 
Um, it's kind of a difficult subject matter. It involves, uh, I don't know, a lot of things that when you, I don't know, when you're like a 13 year old, if you read a book and you're like, oh man, this has adult topics in it, it's like really exciting. And I, you know, I still love the book too. I mean, I've read it a few times, so I'm sure it wasn't just me being a 13 year old, but uh, you know, it's just, it's exciting to, when I was a teenager to read books that were like, meant for adults and I felt like an adult reading them and you know I feel like Dune was definitely one of those uh so my favorite author is Frank Herbert and the book changed me the book Dune uh in the fact that you know it kind of has a lot of really interesting concepts in it and I'm very into science fiction uh in general but you know largely because of reading this book and you know just being introduced to this world that seems very realistic but very far in the future at the same time i think it's a really interesting setting and to be honest um i've noticed i can talk about dune to people way more than they want and so let's just say it's something i really like and if you want to talk to me about dune that's great uh but i don't want to talk about it forever because it is definitely a rabbit hole for me so yeah so my favorite books Dune. my favorite author is probably frank herbert Wow, nice. So that's that question. And uh, yeah, so the next one here is from Yulia. And it is, if you had an opportunity to change something in your past, what would you change? Do you want to start with this one? Oh, that's a complicated question for me, but I have something to tell you guys. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Yeah, that's a bad story. It's actually moving, touching. Yeah, can you say that? Yeah, <laughs> touching story. Mm -hmm. So when I was a teenager, <clears throat> I was at at a high no, not a high school. Yeah, but maybe it was a high school. So I thought I was, I was dating a girl, and she was really cute. So we had great time. We hang out where we like doing well so and then just i don't know what was in my head but i cheated to her <laughs> i don't know why but she she really liked me and i went to her friend so that was not a that was not supposed to be there i mean i didn't i haven't do that Mm. hey I real quickly I, I want i don't mean to cut off your your story but cheating on like if you cheated on somebody uh versus cheating oh with. yeah or th yeah, if that's okay, the person that's you cheat with is like the person that uh you know that you did it with and the person you cheat on is like the person that you uh you know broke your agreement with does that make sense yeah that's fine so yeah. should i say i cheated on her Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's exactly how you'd say it. But you yeah, cheated with somebody else. I mean. So that's how we talk about oh, that. So I cheated on her and cheated with her friend, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and you know what's the yeah, other thing that's... that's, that's uh, I was going to throw out there too. Like This is kind of an interesting topic because I'm sure people are curious about some of this stuff and how you describe it in English as well. So I don't think this is a bad topic by any means. But uh, yeah, so... It's definitely something I think a lot of people go through, uh, you know, when they're young. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, worry about it too much. But um, yeah, yeah, it's something you don't like that you did, and uh, you feel guilty about it a little bit. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Because I saw her recently and she was like, hmm, you, you did wrong thing and you spoiled <laughs> my life. <laughs> oh, so you were reminded recently that you did this bad thing when you were a teenager. Yeah. 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 And I can see right into her eyes, so to tell the truth. Why, so why did I do that? I don't know, really. Maybe something drove me to do that. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think when you're learning about what you want and what you don't want and what a relationship's supposed to be to you, it's easier to have infractions like that. An infraction is like a small mistake, but I'm going to say it's small because you were a teenager at the time. Uh, yeah, I would yeah, say... it's a good experience. What about you? Yeah, yeah, well, you're right. It is definitely something that you can learn from, though. So it is a good experience to have, I think, if you're... Uh, able to reflect on it and change and yeah um so i would say the answer to the question would be what would i change about myself uh you know what's funny is i actually thought about this and i thought of an answer but i kind of kind of spaced it <laughs> so uh what would i change about myself I, you know, I think that uh, I would like to be more kind of, you know, it's kind of similar to your, your answer, but, you know, I think sometimes when I look back at relationships I've had with girls, that I definitely had a few times where, uh, you know, I said something that I regret and just, I don't feel like is like a good thing to say to somebody and you know you get emotional and you say something that you know maybe doesn't make you out to be the best person uh yeah i mean i definitely have some experiences like that and i don't want to go into too much detail because it is kind of like tough stuff to talk about but uh yeah i mean i would definitely just say that i would like to treat people well and i think anytime i do something in my life where uh, I hurt somebody's feelings. It it does stick with me, and I do think about it later. Um, and uh, okay, no, I think I remembered my little one. So uh, the other day, I was trying to go to the coast, and there was a huge accident on the major highway that leaded back to my town. And I wasn't very nice to the person who was trying to explain to me that even though my GPS was telling me that I should be able to take this other route, she was like, hey, that's why I'm here, because there's a huge hole in this highway, this other highway that I was trying to take. It wasn't a highway, it was like a back road, but, you know, some, like, alternate route that the GPS was telling me was okay, and it just turned out it wasn't. And I just, I didn't thank her for telling me that information. I was, like, so mad because I'd have to, like, drive back to the coast and then drive all the way back to my town this other way. It was, like, an hour and a half out of my way. It was, it was very frustrating, but this person, they are just telling me the truth. And sometimes I feel like, you know, it's really kind of annoying when somebody's telling you the truth and the truth isn't something you want to hear, but you don't thank them for it. So I wish I thanked that person. That's that's my answer. Should we keep going on answering questions? There is there is a last one question. Yeah. I think, yeah. Have you ever had a nickname? What was it? What is it? Oh yeah, I had. 
what about you <laughs> it was actually yeah. yeah you can start did you did you have no i didn't really but i have a story but you can tell yours first if you want oh my story my story starts when i was um at school again and uh as you as you know i like playing football and uh you in america say it like soccer right yeah but i think if anybody else says football we know what you're talking about because we 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 do know here it's like most countries have a different football than we do we call it i mean other people call ours american football i think for the purpose of the international right, community right. so to put it simply i wore i wore a jersey of some football player and it was luka modric from real madrid by those times and everyone everyone like named me after him right like what modric. was his name <laughs> modric luka modric luka modric luka modric yeah okay i understood it it sounds like yeah he's from croatia i think yeah okay I was reminded of this one time because I don't think I've really had much of a nickname, but uh, there was this one time in middle school where <laughs> I don't remember the whole story because it was so long ago, but I was like 12 or something, 11, and, and like I was in a classroom and we were talking about pirates for some reason, and then we were talking about integrity. <laughs> and I just, for some reason, I connected to the two and I said, integrity, you sea dogs, which a sea dog is like a pirate word for like their, their mates. And the entire class started laughing at me and they thought it was funny, but kind of not like where I was like being funny. It was kind of just like, why did this person just yell this? And uh so <laughs> anytime i was doing i forget i had some kind of weird responsibility where i was like taking the attendance from other classes in the morning and i have no idea now like how this ended up being the case but i had some sort of job or maybe my free period i had to do this responsibility and every time i went into the science classroom which all happened to have the same students in it they were all like sea dog <laughs> and it was like really disruptive and the teacher hated it and i hated it and they all did it until like the teacher finally had to just be like you'd like need to stop yelling sea dog in the middle of my class and of course i didn't do any of it i think she understood it was not like something that i like wanted people to like yell at me so uh yeah it was pretty awkward and and that's just that question reminded me of uh, my nickname of sea dog for a short time so you're a funny student right <laughs> well in middle school i feel like i was trying way too hard to be funny and when people can tell that you're trying too hard uh it doesn't make you seem funny oh uh, yeah i got a point what do you think about taking a break because we're yeah. doing it almost uh, 31 minutes. Yeah, right, sounds right good. Now. Let's take a little break here, and uh, we'll be back in a few minutes. Right? All right. Bye. Hey, we're back. Uh, so in our last segment here, my friend Irina suggested an article, uh, 12 passive-aggressive phrases you should never use. Being passive-aggressive, it's like, uh hiding your aggression so it's just like using a phrase that sounds like you're being polite but then when somebody hears it they know you're not being polite so our last segment's going to be about talking about these kind of phrases 
And I'm not going to read the whole article, I'm just going to go into some of the different phrases, and if I don't understand what the intention is, I might get it wrong, but that's okay. So, the first one is fine. So the word fine usually doesn't mean fine in English. Uh, it means, like, I don't want to tell you the answer. So the reason this person's bringing up fine as being, like, kind of a weird thing to say it's because in English, fine usually means, like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. You're probably not fine. It's, it's probably not that you're bad, necessarily, but you don't want to talk about how you're feeling in that moment. So it's just kind of a phrase that sometimes has some meaning beyond what it sounds like it means. So this article is based in Business Insider, is the website, uh, is saying don't use that phrase, and that makes sense to me. Yeah, so, there's nothing to add. A, just yeah, you yeah. say it right. So the next phrase is no worries. And before I go into this one, I want to say that no worries, I think, has cultural meaning. Uh, it seems like people in Australia say no worries a lot. And I think outside of Australia, I can't speak to Australians, but outside of Australia, no worries uh, kind of sounds a little passive aggressive because how you use it is like somebody apologizes like hey i'm sorry i'm taking up so much of your time and then if somebody says no worries it's like they're saying yeah you did take up my time <laughs> but you're also uh you know like you're saying like it's no problem that you did take up my time but then i think what people want to hear is like oh it's not actually a problem for me so it's kind of like a weird gray area <laughs> where uh you know it sounds like you're you're trying to avoid saying like oh it's not a problem so i don't say no worries but i feel like if australians say it it's probably not not quite as passive aggressive if i had to guess so yeah the next one is if you really want to and this one i don't think i've ever heard anybody say that but it's just like saying like if you really want to like if you personally want to i don't want to but if you want to i will accept it so it sounds like you're saying you don't want to and that's why that one's bad uh thanks in advance this is like at the end of a email if you say thanks in advance you're like implying that the person's going to do the thing that you wanted them to do so it's like Instead of just saying thank you for your time, it's like saying thanks because I already know you're going to do what you said you're going to do, or what I'm asking you to do. I use this phrase a lot, especially at university. <laughs> I wanted someone yeah. to, to help me. <laughs> well, hang on, because so this is like an article that's for English speakers. And I think my friend reads articles that are for English speakers, and, and this article is talking about what to say or not to say in like a business environment. So it's okay to not know some of this stuff, because it's written to be advice for somebody who, you know, speaks the language. So I think it's just good advice for everybody. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, I was surprised, confused, curious about. So this one's like, I was surprised to hear that uh, so-and-so in the meeting said 
this. Like, it just sounds like you're talking shit about them. Uh, so don't say I'm surprised, confused, curious about something, because it sounds like you're just saying this made me mad, and you're trying to, like, change change the phrase, like, change it to not make, make it seem like you're so upset. Uh, next one is, I'm not mad, but... <laughs> so, I, I don't hear people talking like this very much, but if I did, I'd definitely cringe. So I, I'm just going to say... Don't say, I'm not angry, however. Like, that's going to make everybody upset. Uh, whatever. I don't know. Uh, whatever is like a phrase that, depending on your inflection, either is good or bad. And I would say, hearing, oh, whatever, yeah, that's fine, whatever. Whatever you need to do. Yeah, I guess that's actually, that sounds a little passive-aggressive. So, maybe this person's on to something. Yeah, so saying whatever is kind of like, it sounds like you're like a teenager or something that doesn't want to do what your parents are asking you to do, even if you say it in a nice way. Uh, so, so, and here's some examples that the person's using, because these are going to help. So, and then dot, dot, dot. So it's like, so, and then a silence, and then so, so, are we going to the movies tonight? So, did you get my email? This is like something that sounds like it's from a movie instead of real life, because it just sounds really passive-aggressive. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, don't say so, and then silence. Like, it sounds like you're the boss in office space. Just wondering. It's kind of the same thing. Just wondering if you were in the city tomorrow, and if you could pick up my brother for the train station. So this must be a Brit British article, because... At the train station, I think is what we would say. But anyway, I would say that sounds kind of like passive aggression sometimes is like you're hiring somebody to do a job without actually getting permission first. So just wondering if it sounds like you already have to do this and then how are you going to do it? So you're skipping the part where you ask for permission. I was just wondering if you would like to go to the movies with me. That one's funny. You wanted to ask them if they could go to the movies with you, but instead you're kind of making it sound like they're already saying yes. So I think that's sort of a lot of the passive-aggressive language. You're kind of trying to skip the part where you get permission. Next one is, I was only joking. And uh, I was only joking as a customer support person. I would say perspective of somebody who you know, is taking a phone call. And if somebody makes a rude joke and then they say, I was only joking, it sounds like what they're really saying is, uh, you know, that they're embarrassed that they said something rude and they don't want to admit that they did it. So that one bothers me for sure. The last one here is your thoughts. And I'm going to read one of the examples. Your behavior has been subpar at work. Your thoughts? So subpar is like bad. So this is like, your behavior has been bad at work. What are your thoughts about it? It just sounds really passive-aggressive because, uh, again, you're not asking them if they feel like they were bad at work. You're asking, what do you think about the fact that you were bad at work? So it's kind of like you're telling them something bad about what you think as far as their behavior, and then you're asking them to explain it back to you. So, yeah, that one sounds bad, too.
Yeah, of course. I learned something from this article, <clears throat> and I'm really. I said that I used some of this in my real life, even yeah, though yeah, for sure I speak Russian and Ukrainian, so it's it has some similarity with this. But anyway, yeah, it was interesting, and um, I have something to learn from it. And everyone, every single subscriber who who liked our podcast, yeah, definitely. Well, I would say too, it's like stuff that. I think people kind of learn how to say from other people who are being passive aggressive and then we kind of lose we kind of like lose perspective a little bit and realize and don't realize that we didn't like it when we heard this but then we've heard it enough times that we think it's like acceptable stuff to say uh and maybe that's part of you know learning to be diplomatic is that you know you have to like look over what you know what other people say to you and and think to yourself do i really need to say that i mean do i need to say it like that and uh, i think it's just part of you know growing older and getting more mature uh is that you you know learn how to not say certain phrases even though you've heard them a bunch of times and you know learn what's not appropriate for for you to say and for you to communicate with people uh yeah so Great article, Irina. Thank you so much for sending that. Uh, I think it was an interesting subject to go over. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast this week and uh, continue listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Yeah, thanks. Bye-bye, guys.